This is true buzz That Mary Jane Now we ain't new to this For my stoners And for my cannabis enthusiasts Never heard a show as good as this uh, Number one, it's the best Bringing in many special guests In the industry of cannabis Business owners to growers Even artists you know of So sit back and just roll up Perfect show for my smokers True buzz Hey. Welcome to the True Bud Show podcast. We have Alex Getlin in the building again today, man. It's been too long. That was like dude. way pre-COVID, man. I know, right? Thanks for having me back, bro. Hey, hey dude, I'm, it's my honor, truly. I've been yeah. diving into the Highly Unlikely podcast. Hell yeah. And I want to talk about it, but I think you can do it better than me. So just sure. give a little breakdown for everybody, man. So Highly Unlikely is a show that I created and I host. And the quick premise is I bring on a guest. I get them high, and then I teach them about a subject that seems highly unlikely, but it's 100% true. So every episode, we've got different topics. One, uh, The one coming out on Tuesday is about Navy SEAL training. We did one on what's it like to be in the Secret Service, um, what it's like to be a billionaire, um, all the lies that the food pyramid told us when we were growing up. So they're all in different kind of cool, fun subjects, and each of my guests is learning about it while they're stoned. And so it's just like a really fun kind of bantering um I'm educating them. They're, you know, dropping in like their reactions and funny banter as we do it. It's been great. You know, so we did eight on this first season and uh, probably almost for sure more coming soon. It's yeah. it's great, man. Like I like like I said, I was diving in a little bit with everybody. I, everyone had at least on like when I went through your IG trailers, sure, I didn't dive yeah. through the whole podcast yeah, to yeah. be honest. But going through the trailer on your IG, man, um, yeah. was had me like, damn, I'm fucking, I'm missing out, man. And Thanks, I think dude. if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think when we first had our podcast, you were telling me this was all in the works. You're like, mm -hmm. I have this idea that I'm working on. I'm yeah. coming up with this. And it's dope to see it come to fruition and be legit with WikiLeaf, man. Dude, shout out to WikiLeaf. Yeah, shout, too, out, shout out to WikiLeaf. I actually have a, a uh, gift for you from WikiLeaf. Oh, shoot. They sent me a bunch of these for the first season, so you could pop that open. It's a little something for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a sick little case, man. Yeah, and it's got some... Uh... WikiLeaf pre-rolls okay, in there. Okay, okay. So, all, yeah. all right, appreciate that, yeah, man. My nice, pleasure. Bro. I'm about to spark one of these uh, up right now, Yeah, man. go for it, dude. Word, man. Um, so, yeah, what's cool, so I've had this idea for a while. And because I'm very much a, like, end of the day, enjoy my night smoker. I'll smoke during the day a little bit, if I'm like if I'm on vacation or something. But in general, it's like how I enjoy the evening. So I'm a big kind of like get high, like a good sativa or hybrid, and go down a YouTube rabbit hole or watch a crazy documentary. I, I love like learning stuff while I'm stoned. And then it just kind of dawned on me like, dude, this would be a great show or a podcast to do. And then I was kind of sitting on the idea because like, you know, there's only so many projects you can do for free. Like, you know, it, there's only so many hours in the day, right? So I'm like, ah, I'll get to it eventually, I don't have time. And my wife, to her credit, who helps me produce this show, she found a posting that WikiLeaf was looking to get into the podcast space. So I sent them a pitch deck of my project, and they loved it. And here we are. Shit, man. That's, so, that, that's sick, It's dude. cool, yeah. Hell yeah, it's man. Yeah, great. yeah. It's uh, And you have some really cool guests on there, too, man. Yeah, we had some great people. So, like, Ben Glebe, he's got, like, a special on Amazon. He's on Netflix. Slink Johnson, he does one of the voices in Grand Theft Auto V. Chris Cope, he's been on Conan. He's on a Netflix show. He's on. He's a judge on. Um, I think the show is called Cooking on High, and it's like a cannabis cooking contest. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, so we had like legit, and they're like they're the funniest people I know. Like everybody on there is like really funny, really different energy too, which is cool because some of the people, like Chris Cope, is like a veteran weed smoker. I mean, he smokes every day. Like he is a weed guy. And then we had like Shantae Wayans on, who 
like she kind of smokes here and there, but pretty novice. So she was super high during the show. And it was just like cool to get like the different energies from each guest. And I did like I kind of tailored the subject around the guest to an extent. So, for example, like Ben Glebe. He's kind of a politically focused comic. He actually ran for president in 2020. What? So, yeah, so I did his episode. Yeah, he had, like, an actual presidential run. He didn't oh, go very shit. far. But, oh, you know, it was still cool. How like, many people can say that, right? Right, yeah. He did it for, like, six months, like, in all oh, seriousness. Shit. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I did his episode in the Secret Service because I figured, like, that was kind of in his wheelhouse, you know? Uh, so, yeah, it was cool. It's... And it's, uh, yeah, those, and that's why it's really cool, man. I think, I think that from and the way even the name ties in everything mm -hmm. like the whole concept man's really dope of just highly yeah. unlikely bro dude yeah well because that was the, i don't even remember how i came up with the name i do know a re i changed the show a little bit because i, I originally i was going to do it all about conspiracy theories because i thought it'd be funny to like break down how highly unlikely these different conspiracy theories are and then I, i'm not a conspiracy th like i find them amusing but I'm, it's not like my world. And then once I started like diving into a lot of them, it's there. They were all either like absurd, right? Like one of them. Um, do you know? Do you remember who John Bonet Ramsey was? She was this child model so in the familiar. '90s. So yeah, she was like this was like big tabloid news when we were kids. Somewhere in the '90s, early '90s, she was a child like beauty pageant star who wound up dead. It was like this big scandal. So there's a conspiracy theory that Katy Perry is her as an adult, and it was just, so they're all like very like yeah they're dumb like really like <laughs> stupid dumb ones or they they're just like you, you spend a little time on there and it always turns into like crazy like racism backed or, or people who think that like. I don't know. Either way, it was just like it was a world that I was like found amusing from the, from a distance. But when I got into it, I'm like, I don't want to do a whole show. So then I pivoted it to something of just how about just like weird, interesting stuff. Like I've one about ancient Egypt and um, just like really funny, like weird stuff I've learned. Like, for example, so like the ancient Egyptian uh, creation story that they have like thousands of gods in their in their like ancient Egyptian you know religion. So they believe that their original god, a tomb created the world by masturbating into the void of nothingness and then all life came from that so it was like a tradition the pharaohs would go down and masturbate into the nile river because they thought it would help give them more fertile crops and it's this is like random <laughs> yeah right it's like random weird shit i was learning just from like youtube and wikipedia and whatever and then you know my guest is a professional comedian who stoned out of their mind learning this so yeah that's where it's it's hilarious and that with like I don't know. It doesn't sound half bad. I, catch me at the Nile. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, dude. No, but that that's really cool, man. That uh, working it in. It's um. That's where the space yeah. is cool, man. That and I love the creativity with it. Like Thanks, I know dude. we're briefly talking before this is like the, the to me the, a lot of the most important part with cannabis right now is yeah. the narrative, and that's with all brands totally. and shit. But it's like when you dive in deeper to hey, just like buy my product. This is mm -hmm. this is like, and, and that's not even what you're doing at all. Right. I, yeah, I, yeah. But like, but just like actually like the companies like WikiLeaf and all these others out there who I fuck with too, who are yeah. like, we're willing to spend a little money to bring in like real actual legitimate content totally that you know can convey to others in so many other ways that dive so much deeper than just like a pop-up banner ad yeah exactly and i think the thing with wiki or excuse me with cannabis in general which like wikileaf is like making content in the space you know 10 years ago and way and all like the whole century before that everybody associated weed with like burnout stoners or just like your lazy sort of 
degenerates, right? But now, I mean, people understand there's so much more to the space. I mean, there's like all of the wellness element. And also, like, I know it's like almost like too easy to like use Joe Rogan as an example, but he's a perfect, he is the perfect example of like, you can be a stoner and not be a lazy bum. Like, works out like crazy, super successful, you know. He's, he's pioneered a lot of, I think, like, at least, especially in my mind, I don't know his analytics or any shit like that. But like yeah. for for like you know even people that are older, he's made it more like acceptable. Oh, yeah. I think 100%. like oh like Joe smoking a joint, talking to fucking like Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and and people see that like oh damn like yeah I know he's joked he's like the the liaison between the meatheads and the potheads. Um, <laughs> I, I I believe that that makes sense. Yeah, but what I think is cool about the space, a lot of cannabis brands, the smart ones in my opinion, are getting involved in content in some way because you know i i think we're about 10 years away maybe less from like what to me a great example of someone who really understood this whole world was like red bull like red bull when you think of red bull you and i said what's a red bull show to you and you immediately think of like skateboarders snowboarders a guy jumping out of space with a parachute like they kind of dominated that whole like energy drink extreme sports kind of like you know red bull gives you wings rock on thing I see a lot of that happening in the future. And also, like, you know, my wife, she's really into wellness and she like uses these like CBD bath bombs and different things like that. Like that whole space, I think, is, you know, kind of like your your basic white woman, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow type thing. Like that whole world now is like excited about cannabis. Whereas like 10 years ago, they would a lot of those people would probably look at it like, oh, right. It's for like, you know, burnout losers or like grungy frat guys, right? Um so it's just, it's cool to see. It's also, you know, I think, remember when Michael Phelps got, like, there was like a big scandal yeah, that he smoked yeah. weed? The bong picture. Yeah, and it's like, if anything, that just proves that you can smoke weed recreationally and not only be, like, a functioning adult, but be one of the best athletes in the world, undisputed, you know? And I that's where I don't, like, follow sports, but I know that, like, the uh, NBA, what, said they're not going to do drug tests anymore on weed? Yeah, they shouldn't. Which is, like... That it's like these moves like that are big. Yeah, like, it's like, like you're saying, ten years ago, people would get like, like, and even it's still in the Olympics, it's still considered a performance enhancer. That is so absurd. Which to is me. like <laughs> a performance <laughs> like, enhancer. Like it's a fucking like some fucking juice or yeah. something. But like I, I guess like, and that's where I'm kind of weird. Is like I get what they're saying to it in my head because it's like, yeah, to me sometimes when I'm working out, I do see it like that. But really yeah. though, really, no. I mean, yeah, I th well, do you know um, what the kind of impetus for, like, making cannabis illegal in the U.S. came from? Like, where the big push? Do you know about this or I don't yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, it's like all this here. Oh, yeah, all the it's, reefer yeah, madness Yeah, it's shit. all the reefer madness, all that shit, all the prohibition, all the just so racial shit. Yeah. And a, a lot of it comes back to, like, just making money on the printing game. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking uh, William Randolph Hearst mm -hmm. fucking. Yep. He was the main pioneer just, behind. Yeah, just yeah. a piece of shit, really. Yeah, so episode five of my show is we do the whole war on drugs. And I break down a big part of it was um, William Randolph Hearst, and he wanted people to use, um, like, his paper instead of hemp paper. Also, I forget the guy's first name, but something Mellon. It wasn't – maybe it was Andrew Mellon. What are the famous – That sounds right. Mellon billionaires. He had a lot of money in nylon rope, and they didn't want people to use hemp rope. And, uh, yeah, I learned that, like, cannabis is the English word. 
marijuana is the Spanish word. And they kept using marijuana because they wanted to scare people that all the Mexicans with their mejuana would like ruin America. And so it just like you look at that. and It's like this is so preposterous, dude. Well, exactly. And that's where like Hearst just failed because yeah. he fucked up with prohibition. Prohibition was over. And he's like, oh, I need to make money. I need to stay in office. Let me fucking. And before yeah. this, the thing that he said was, oh, I don't see it as anything bad. Yeah. Then fucking prohibition fails and he comes up and he's like, oh, I see it as basically the devil. I mean, dude, the fact that we can sell Oxycontin in mass quantities. It's absurd. Have you That's seen? All... Keep going. All right. No, no, no. You go. That, that... Have you heard about this documentary? I think it's called Crime of the Century. It's on HBO right now. And it basically it's phenomenal. I, I wanted to watch it. Dude. It will blow your mind. Okay, so it's basically the story of the Sackler family that owns Purdue Pharma that created Oxycontin. And it's not only like how they created Oxycontin, but it's also how they worked with – they basically bribed someone at the FDA to make it like officially FDA safe, quote-unquote. Because before this, a lot of doctors – and still today, a lot of doctors are very hesitant to prescribe opiates, understandably, because these are like heroin pills. It's really only meant to be given to someone who's like terminally ill with cancer or something. And it's like, look, you're going to have a terrible end of your life. Let's at least make it pain free as possible, which is a very worthy thought. The problem is there's so much goddamn money involved in this, you know, uh, medication that they were just, you know, they got FDA approval. Then they had all these sales reps that were just pushing it on these doctors that are like, look, the FDA said it was safe. Meanwhile, it's like admitted that they you know, were bribing this guy at the FDA. And then there was like this one example where this gentleman was saying how his wife um, – I don't remember what happened to her, but she, she got prescribed Oxycontin by her physician. And then she was like getting horribly addicted to it. So her husband and her children got her off it, got her into a treatment program. She like kicked the habit and then her physician intervened and was like, I'm her doctor. You can't tell her what she sh should and shouldn't take. Got her back on the oxy and then she OD'd shortly afterwards. And it's like, dude, that story is told over and over and over and over again. And it's like, if we can, if, you know, we've allowed, I think they said something like 500,000 people roughly have died. It might be more than that, but I think it was, I'm going to watch the documentary. I might be getting this wrong. But it's around 500,000 people have OD'd off Oxycontin in X amount of time, right? And it's like, that's still legal. But in half of the country, you would be in prison right now for that, for smoking that. It's just so preposterous. There's just such a big fucking disconnect. And and that's where it's like, to me, I'm a, it's awesome to see legalization, you know? And yeah. I truly want it. But that's part of the dark side to it, too, is that... Finally, these motherfuckers who've been making bank off people's fucking addictions because they've fed them all this shit now want to get money on the weed game. And they will because yeah. they have the fucking capital to throw down. And like that's where I'm on the fence, like where I'm like it, it comes back to me, like support the local kind of mom, pop grows who are sure. still, you know, enough like legal or whatever. But it's like that's the line we're at right now because these companies are seeing it and they're getting in it. Right. And it's like. And they have the muscle to push and out the and small. They have the muscle, yeah. and, they, and they're going to spend the marketing towards, like in my head, they're going to spend it towards you know your first time users, the people who want to first use it, right. and then they're going to use their shit, and then they're going to like find ways to fucking. And this is the first time I'm even thinking this. Saying this, sure. got me going. They're going to find ways to kind of sink the claws in off yep. the bat. If it's totally. your first time using through you know so and so, who's a pharmaceutical back end, right? They're going to find ways, and maybe I, I don't know. I'm fucking on a rant here, but <laughs> no, so you're right, dude. Well. And I don't know the inner workings of it, but I have heard a lot of people talk about problems with the industry to that where 
the way the laws are now and how the infrastructure of the industry is set up, it gives a very unfair advantage to the people with the most amount of capital to kind of come in and buy. Um, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't know the nuances, but I'm sure that makes sense. It's unfortunate. I still think that it's better to have that and have it legal 100%. than, you know, because otherwise it's funny to me. I do wonder what state will be the last one to finally legalize. Cause I think now it's fully legal. I think in 11 States, I think. I think it might even be a little more now. I've been falling out of the news a little bit. I used to keep yeah. track of this every week. I want to say I, I think it's recreational in eleven states, and then it's like some level of medical in like another. I don't know. I know that. Look it up, Phil. <laughs> There's nobody here. Oh, I was I'm like, so, I can look it up. I'm just. <laughs> I was like, I was like, do you have someone in another room? That... Um, um, but I do know. I read recently that fifty percent of the U.S. population lives in a place where it's legal. So the places where it's like the places that are the most hardcore against it, most of them are like pretty empty anyway, like South Dakota, um, Montana. Yeah, I think it won't even be just one. I think it'll probably be like a group of like five and it's going to be federal. It's I, I don't understand why if any if any candidate ran on I'm going to like any like in 2024, if either president, whoever runs. I don't think Biden will be back. I hope Trump's not. I hope it's two new people. Um, but whatever. They just run on like, by the way, all like in my <laughs> in my presidency, it will be fully federally legal. It'll they'd win in a landslide, dude. And that and that's makes perfect sense. Cause and well that's kinda like the vibe some of them were like Biden was almost giving off on a little I, honestly and now it's like I've I've fallen I don't even hear as much since Trump's been gone. You hear so much in the headlines when Trump was in act like yeah. I don't really keep up with it. But well, like Well Trump well sorry, I cut you no, off. No, you no, you're going. good. No, you're good. Like, I, I'm actually very into politics. No And I'm not then that's why I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't not know. in the sense like I don't I, I think they're all full of shit. I think they're all very corrupt. I don't I don't align myself with Democrats or Republicans. Um but I find it interesting like the inner workings of it, and especially this past year with like all the ridiculous rules of like, this is open, this is closed, this is, you can do this, you can't do that. And it made me very interested in getting involved um, with the libertarian movement, which is sort of like, I'm not a spokesperson for, I'm not, you know, but but my understanding is it's basically minimal government regulation and intervention as much as possible, maximum just like free market. Um, what was my... Oh, but but anyway, but but when I think the thing with the Trump stuff is like most people don't know or care about the nuances of like how the Federal Reserve work or works, you know, how like what our foreign policy is and things like we just we have these like vague understandings of the and I don't either. I'm I'm trying to understand them. But Trump was such like a buffoonish, ridiculous character, it was just so easy to make headlines out of everything he said. You know? Yeah, yeah. And shit it is funny to think about now like even thinking about that like thinking of some media companies like now nah, fuck what like Biden's not even fucking fun that's what i'm saying like what are we gonna do now <laughs> all the mainstream news outlets their ratings have been plummeted they don't know what to do they're like what was all this fucking uh that's know. it they, they lost their they lost their thing i mean well and that's what and that's what ties it to me too with like like we're saying with like the mainstream pharmaceutical shit is yeah. like these days too people are smart enough to know in my opinion like with the media or the, yeah. especially in the cannabis space because they know it's like oh and that's where i have hope because when i see the cannabis space and people that respect this culture and the community they're not going to go buy some shit where it's you know backed by a pharmaceutical company however that being said the same people will not do the research to know 
Yeah, and the thing and, is, and there's so many convoluted ways maybe and to when, have it when out you, there. When you start looking into who's paying to keep it illegal, like I saw that like Corrections Corp America, which is like this organization that represents most of the private prisons in the U.S., they've donated like millions and millions of dollars to certain congressional campaigns to support Congress people who are very pro keeping marijuana illegal. So it's like okay, so. The body of, like, the organization that represents keeping as many people in prison as possible is fighting to keep cannabis illegal. What does that tell you? I mean, think about how fucked that is. It's insane. An organization that profits by keeping humans locked in cages wants to keep humans locked in a cage for a fucking plant. Fucking numbers game. It's just it's just so gross when it, you it, think it, about it, it. It is. It is. And gross is a good word for yeah. it, honestly. Well, it is. I mean, I did... Uh, so a lot of this is like I said from episode five of Highly Unlikely. If you guys want to check it out, the War on Drugs one. Check big, it out. Check it out. A big part of it too was Nixon when he was president. So he was the first one to push the modern War on Drugs, what we know of it today. And a big part of it was like, well, we've got all these black people voting and young hippies and all these like liberal, um, you know, uh, very like people that were like not of the thinking that he as the president wanted to have. So it's like, well, what's a way we can take away people's political power and right to vote? Well, if we start locking people up in mass for doing drugs, pretty easy way to control the population of folks that we don't like. Yeah. And and on average now, the US government spends around $51 billion a year fighting the war on drugs. And since it was launched in 1971 officially, drug use in the US has declined by zero. It's only gone up. And that has to go back to the pharmaceuticals once again. And but with that stat, you know what popped in my head? I had a buddy tell me. I have sure. not back checked this. All right. But with all this stimulus stuff and everything going on, he said basically that all the money that's ever been printed and circulated. Yeah. Twenty five percent of it has been made in the past year. Yeah, I saw that too. I believe it. It just it's insane. <laughs> like, this was literally last night. That's why it popped in my head. I'm like, this is blowing my mind. Well, it makes sense though. It does, and it also is just like a reality check of like, oh, all of this is kind of bullshit. Like this whole society we live in. Listen, I love living in the U.S. There's a lot of great things here. I'm not an anti-America, anti-capitalism person by any means whatsoever. But it's a reminder that like, oh, this whole like system we have, it's kind of fairy dust in a way. Like this this currency For they real. keep printing, real it's talk, like, real talk. you know, I don't know. Like, you know, what we have, like... In our lifetime, we're going to see the American dollar plummet. It can't, you can't just print money over and over again and have it maintained like, value. And I think just like disappear. I, like, think, I think, and it's going to happen one day, just the regular $1 bill. Yeah. Will probably be worth hundreds, thousands of years. Think a thousand years from now, a $1 bill right now, Dude. a thousand years from now, would probably be worth like X amount. I mean, a thousand years. I don't even know if humans will be here in a thousand years. Damn. Well, I'm just saying, think about this. Think about how many... Just, <laughs> I, no, I'm, I got you. I'm yeah. following. Think about how many countries on Earth have the reset button. And by what I mean is like how they have like tons mm -hmm. of nukes, right? Mm -hmm. You have nukes, you effectively have, quote unquote, the reset button, right? Like America, China, Russia, Pakistan, uh, Israel. Um, who else has nukes? England, I think. Either way. Probably all, people we don't even know, too. Probably just some right. random fucking... All these countries can hit a button... And end civilization. Now, thank God, no one has done that yet because no one wants to wipe out the species. 
You know, like people talk about like, oh, America's going to go to war with China or Russia. It's like, no, we're not because it would be the end of the species if we went to like actual full scale war. But statistically, in a thousand years, some psycho will become a leader of a nation that has the nukes and will end up launching them. I know I hope this doesn't happen. I have no I have nothing to back this up. I'm just saying like odds wise, eventually. So that's like a thousand a thousand years in the but future. Also, right? But also, too, there is the counter attack if you will if the technology progress on the back end too mm -hmm. to like propel it split it up i don't know how nukes work at all but like you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean like sure if, if there was a way to like oh it's coming in satellite bam bam being like fucking force field explode it i don't know so <laughs> all of the I, I know and i'm just repeating things that like experts have shared but at least russia and the u.s and china all have a system set up where like let's say for example we went to war with Russia and we wiped out all of Russia before they could even get like the humans could launch their nukes. Their system is set up in a way, and I'm sure every country has this, where if we were to quote unquote wipe them out, their system auto launches all of their nukes. To ba and it's basically a deterrent. So like let's say you and I had both nukes and you had a, and I'm Russia. If you killed me before I could launch it, my sis, the system is set up in a way where it would some, within a window of time realize that and auto launch them anyway. Well, well, I guess what I'm saying is, to I'm not saying like nuke them. The, the actual right, you're saying shoot it out of the sky. Is that like how does it? It drops out of somewhere, right? It drops out of a plane. It's shot. How are they? It doesn't drop out of a plane. It shoots out of the ground and like so they're like, so they implanted and they just fly like a yeah they're homing correct. So all of the nukes. I, also, I'm not an expert. No, I'm just, no I'm, I'm, I'm interested, <laughs> yeah. man. I'm just like... I'm, this is maybe season two for Highly Unlikely. Dude. We'll talk about nukes, right? <laughs> Nuclear war. Hey, I'm just, I'm just curious. But the way it works now, yeah, they're all underground, like buried super duper deep into the ground so that like you couldn't just like shoot it and, you know, so they're hidden in a very safe places underground. They launch and then satellites guide them to their destination. So actually, one concern is that now like who's going to own space basically right like whether what i mean is like is america currently america has most of the domination over like space and satellites but there's fear that china could then take over the space and then you're sort of at the mercy of if you if you buy into the narrative space race 2.0 well no seriously so like let's say for example um some government you know i don't want to just keep throwing it at the chinese so any country right just whatever country they become the dominant force in space if they had like super satellites that could take out all of another country's satellites and they own they win because like all of the drones we have all the technology that we use in modern warfare depends on satellites in space being effective so it's the same reason yeah. like the only time that like al-qaeda was able to hurt the u.s was 9-11 because they had to do something like hijack a plane what i mean is like we have drones they don't there's like it's it's a, it's, it's a completely impossible war for them to win when you you know whatever weapons they have the u.s military has much more so it's if like it, cowboys and indians type deal yeah kind of right so like same thing where like one had bows and arrows the other had guns now it's like one has guns and some rockets but the u.s has drones so if you just level that up again if another country has the space technology to wipe out someone else's satellites like that then they they win automatically like by default they're gonna they're gonna win the war. This is a very weird tangent. No but. <laughs> no no I, I I love getting into this shit because it's so interesting to think about like with the thousand year mark when you're like I don't know, and it's interesting to dive in and talk about it because, I mean nobody knows but it's like crazy the fact that we do have that potential. 
And we've had it for a long time to destroy everything. Yeah. It's like that. Think about this. The amount of time you've seen Back to the Future Part Two. Remember, you know, it's been a minute, but you vaguely yeah, right yeah. from the time that Marty McFly went from 1985 to 2015. Like from you know that was the time he jumped. That's from 1991 to now. Think about like that's what I mean is like think about like in the, in the movie setting that was like oh it's so far in the future how crazy is it? Like imagine life now just 30 years like we couldn't even like in 91 imagine trying to explain to somebody in 91 what the world was going to be like today. Yeah. With the that. internet and podcasts and yeah. Uber and Amazon none of that existed. Wikipedia it was all like you couldn't even begin to explain it to someone and they would be like that makes sense and so, so to me a thousand years from now is like so, i mean dude think about 50 years from now how different I, the world's gonna be well, for sure i guess i just have like faith too much faith in mankind but at the same time like i don't know i feel like it, i feel like still even mm -hmm. if even if there was a huge fucking crazy war that went on i still feel like there would be some people somewhere in a weird corner of the world that would like still exist yeah for sure Which would be crazy like a whole new like fucking beginning there's like, there's there's theories that like that's why when you like they've discovered like the ancient pyramids and they still don't know how they were built and there's theories that humans were very very smart at one point in time when they built these incredible structures and then some kind of pandemic or warfare or a modern ice age wiped out most people and the humans that survived forgot everything. Like, think about this. Think about if there was some sort of, like, nuclear fallout and, like, 50,000 people on Earth survived and had to regrow civilization. Within two generations, all history, math, science, all that shit would be forgotten. Yeah. Unless you could somehow and save... Especially if they were all sp spread in little exactly. different corners. Right. Unless you figured out a way to, like, save all the servers that have the internet data and keep them going and then reignite them... If you and can't, you yeah. wouldn't even know how to access that's it. That's what either. I'm saying, right? It, it is crazy to think about. I mean, dude. Just diving. Yeah, it's fucking. This pandemic was apocalypse light. You know what I mean? Like in the, in the, like April when it was a little scary. Yeah. And we got the first taste of like what it would be like. And it was still, at least in the US, pretty mild. And people were freaking out. We are not cut out for an apocalyptic event. We would, most of us would just die very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> think about it dude yeah for real real shit. how many humans even know how to grow food really i don't i mean i, I know you put seeds in the ground but i don't there's i'm sure it's way more complicated to grow crops than to just be like i don't know you water the seeds and hope <laughs> and that's where like my fallback if everything ever like hits the fan and we got to like go independent and we did like something crazy i just roll back with the fam because some of my family does have land and knowledge of Smart. some of the crop yeah. stuff and whatnot and i'm just like yo i'm post up i'm gonna go fucking hunt dude like i'm gonna get like just fucking old school and build like log cabin and shit have you been hunting before no not really yeah. it's that's so again it's not a thing where you're like yeah i'll just like find a deal like but, but my brother has oh, okay my, my brother's literally built his own bow you got people he will he's, teach you. he's built his own bow and killed his own deers nice. i don't know is deers a plural i think you say deer i don't deer. think there's an s yeah okay so he, but, but like, it's confusing but like, i guess i'm just saying he's hardcore so i was sure. roll with him i'm like dude i got your back let's go yeah go, go. <laughs> maybe listen i hope we're still here in a thousand years it's possible but I would not be. I mean, I won't know. You know, I think best. I'm I'm 33 now, so like, if I like really lucky, like lucky beyond anything, I'll, I have a hundred years left, and even that seems too long. That'd be a nice. I I would. That sounds nice. 
133? That seems too yeah, old to me. Yeah, that's hey, I I go I'll go longer. I guess it depends on what your quality of life is. I go 500 easy. You would want to be that old? I mean, I guess it depends if depends you could... how depends the aging process. Right. Yeah. Like if I was like if I was like fucking hunched over fucking barely walking for sure. 400 fuck that. Yeah. Eh, maybe not. There's know. technology. <laughs> yeah, I think I've I've read um like the thing of it now is, there's a certain age where your cells to start, your organs start to deteriorate, and I think like the max, the oldest person they know of made it like 122, I think, it was some lady in France, and then when you get to that window, like your the cells in your heart and other organs just start to fall apart. But the scientists that are working on anti-aging, they're looking at if there's ways you can reverse cell deterioration and then theoretically live forever, which. I don't know. I mean, that's a trip in itself. But that would only be cool if two things: one, you have a ton of money, and you, this, you don't have to worry about working. Like, it, it, you have to be so rich that like, you only work when you want to, and you can just enjoy life. Because otherwise, what, what are you gonna fucking work four hundred years to retire for like thirty of them? And you have to have enough people that you love to stay alive too, or you're a psycho. But like, let's say it was like, all right, Jack, you could live for 500 years, but everybody you know, like, and love will die before you do, like significantly before you do. Then it would be like, think about how hard it would be to build meaningful relationships if you knew that you had 500 years and everybody else you met had at most 80. Yes, but also with that, let's say they all died. There's still the, um, let's say there were some like um, grandkids and kids and it's like, yeah, I'm but not then you're going to outlive your kids and grandkids. Maybe, maybe I would get too depressed. I, I mean, it would be that. fucked up, but I don't know, man. I I feel like I wouldn't, and I'm fucking you know thirty right now. Yeah, I, I don't know, but like at the same time, I'd be cool with living a couple hundred years, man. I don't know. I feel like it's fun. Sure. Like, like I don't know. I fuck with it. It'd be it'd be really interesting. But if... it, it would fuck up the society. There'd be too much overpopulation, which is already happening and shit. Yeah. I'm not saying like I'm out here trying to live 200, but I, I'm trying to ride till the wheels fall off too. Fuck it. Like... Sure. It would be kind of funny too if like if there was only like a few people that were that old and they they would for sure just be able to dominate the podcast space, whatever like the space of like whatever that turns into, because you would have such unique knowledge on the world, you know. Yeah. And with that too, it's like. Even if it was 500 years, if you didn't make enough, if you could in 100 years, think of what if you were like younger state in 100 years, what you could acquire and do, you could have the next 400 straight. I get what you're saying. Like if you set yourself up financially. I mean, 100 years is a long, long fucking sure, time. Sure, but then you could like work your ass off for 100 years and then party for <laughs> 400. Yeah, it's basically just breaking down kind of what it is now. I feel like most people, what's, what would you consider an average retirement age, like 60? Uh, I think between 60 and 65. I think it's getting older. 60, yeah. 63. My parents were retired, and they, they did it, I think, around 65. I think that's like the average age now. Yeah, that sounds, And that's good, man. You sure. And there's not yeah. many people that can say that. Like, expe like It's going to get fewer I, and fewer. I was about to say, especially these, it's, it's going to be far and few in between in the future. Dude, that's something dark that I'm not excited about, but I think our generation, like millennials, we're going to see our parents hit a retirement window where they're like, I don't think that many of the boomers and Gen X parents, they're the parents of millennials and Zs, are going to be able to financially retire comfortably the way they thought. I don't know. That's going to be rough when you see like our generation in their 40s having to financially take care of their parents because the economy is so fucked. I could be wrong. I hope I am. Well, but... well no, that makes perfect sense too. 
But at the same time, on in terms of us right now and what we have, we have so much potential. Like just even looking at like I was talking to my buddy who's in the crypto, like the whole crypto game right now, this yeah. whole thing going on is insane. Dude, I love crypto. It, it's fucking nuts. It's, it's like 1930s stock market, like fucking. Yeah. But that's why I dig it. I mean, I don't have a lot of money. I have, a, you know, a little bit in crypto, not an insane amount. But I dig that um, it feels like smart gambling in a way. I don't really understand. I mean, I understand it like theoretically, but um, it definitely seems like everybody is kind of going along with it. But here's the thing, too. Here's here's why I think it, it's inevitably the future, because what the american dollar and what a lot of world like back to your point with your buddy saying how much us dollars have been printed well then we see that the value like if you have ten thousand dollars in your bank account right now it would be stupid for you to just leave it there because it's going to go down you have to spend it like our grandparents generation were savers but now if you save that money it's going to just going to go down in value it's almost like the way that the economy is set up it's forcing you to invest it and so maybe you buy a little bit in stocks, maybe you put a little bit in crypto, but like you, you're kind of forcing a whole generation of people to like what I said, smart gamble with it in hopes that in 10, 20, 30 years, they're not flat broke. And uh, shout out to my buddy I'm talking about, Bryce, who's been on the mm -hmm. pod, um, because he was also saying an interesting stat where when the stimulus came through, there was a record amount of money just like instantly injected into like Coinbase. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah. Like, oh shit. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. It's such an interesting time. It's fucking nuts. It's funny to like my buddy. Shout out my buddy Luke Tuma. He's a great comic and podcaster. If you want to check him out, he had this hilarious bit. I forget how. I'm like I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but effectively the premise was like twenty. You know how absurd 2020 was because tons of dudes who like work in an ice rink or like cut lawns for a living or whatever just overnight became like professional investors and everybody apparently like knew like oh GameStop's the thing bro gotta buy GameStop we're like oh Ethereum that's and it's just like all these people who have no business talking about professional high-level investing stuff just became experts because they had a couple grand of their stimulus money come in and they're just you know what I mean it's just like so well, silly well, and this brings it to like what I was telling my buddies or we were talking about I was like did you see that soldier boy shit and he's like yeah did you well, see that I don't remember this tell me oh, no. just, it was recently so soldier boy basically Somebody sent him a DM that said, like, you know, if you hit this number, we're going to pay you 24K. Okay. Like, and then, he, like, on this, uh, he was just shilling this crypto. Right. And then, so he po he copied the whole message and posted it to his IG. Okay. Without deleting the bottom part. Like, we'll pay you 24K oh, if you oh hit 240 God. likes. <laughs> so what he does is he goes, he deletes it. Yeah. Takes out the line and adds the same thing back. Oh, my God. And then people are like, dude, they already it's saw just, it. And it's just funny that like the whole game like that too. And like, I don't. And also, I saw the uh, Dave Portnoy video mm -hmm. where he, did you see that one with yeah, the safe yeah. moon? Right. He's that like, shit was fucking hilarious. That, that I like because he's like, I, he's I honest. don't know. He's like, he's like, I fucking like it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm not a finance guy. I don't know. It seems cool. I'm into it. Whatever. Yeah, I know that. Um, there was a big drop in crypto recently because uh, I think it was a combination of like. Elon Musk is some like he was gonna take accept it and then he said no and now like uh his company won't accept crypto and then also I think the Chinese government said that they're gonna ban it. Like you can't they 
I know that the governments of China and India have really cracked down on crypto. I think it's because they can't control it and they don't want it in their economy, I suppose. And that's where we, uh, it, that's good for us then, in a way. I'm not trying to be like a fucking like against anybody, but sure. like, it, how are you not going to accept a new technology? It's like, you well, know I think because they have the, oh, you're saying like, in general, like it's eventually going right. to catch up, right? Like, yeah. you can only avoid like, what's going to happen like this seems like it makes perfect sense in a lot of ways and a lot of people are really into it i don't see everybody just all of a sudden saying ah even if it dropped off you know well, I'm, I, I'm speaking out my ass i don't know much about well, the space well the difference i don't know about india but i know in china they have a complete authoritarian control over the people like facebook isn't even legal in china google isn't le like their government controls the internet way more than the u.s government does so they have the ability to make it where basically, like, I'm also semi-speaking out of my ass here, but my understanding is that, like, if they don't want crypto to show up in the Chinese internet space, you have, you'd have to be, like, a dark web expert to know how to get it and use like it. Like a team of them. Right. Whereas, the and, and, and the, you know, legal risk is pretty high. Whereas, at the moment, in the U.S., that's not the case. But my thing is, like, I don't think, I love crypto, and I think it's, you know, the future in a lot of ways, but... Whenever someone or an organization that's hyper powerful is set to even maybe lose a lot of money, they're not just going to say, oh, okay, well, I guess that's what happens. No, they're going to, you know, rain down fucking hell and or they're going to do everything they can to hold on to their wealth and power. So, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to shake out with the U.S., but I can imagine a time if. If crypto seems to take off in a way that the U.S. government feels like, oh, we can't get the tax revenue we used to get or we can't control it in the way we can control the Federal Reserve, et cetera, they're not just going to be like, well, okay, well, I guess that's how it is. They're going to they're, they're gonna start implementing things that put a lot of restrictions on crypto. Again, I, no, I, and, and, I, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I also think like uh, with that, too, I think there are – I'm sure – and I'd put everything on it. There's there's so much money already, government money already in the space, right? Like they see such probably. a potential because you could just buy it, you can inflate it, you can do whatever you want with it. There's probably so many secretive fucking back end deals. Uh, and I'm, I'm no conspiracy guy, obviously. I sound like one, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, of course. There, there's probably like it'd be really easy to throw. Hey, let's throw a fucking hundred mil in here. Yeah. Fucking get it up. Peace. Bam, bam, bam. There's. The, the only thing with crypto that – have you ever heard of Peter Schiff? He's, like, big in the podcast space. He's a finance guy. He's really into, like, gold and precious metals. He's super opposed to crypto. His take is that it's a Ponzi scheme. The one thing he said that it, that made sense is, like, like if you, if you had a, a ton of gold, right, that has value, but gold is only as valuable as people decide it is, but at least it's, like, a physical thing. Or even if you own stock in a company, there's, like – labor that goes into the value of that stock if you have stock in like you know jack waltering incorporated right well somebody owns stock in whatever you produce podcasts cannabis stuff etc crypto is literally nothing it's just like a unique blockchain so the only reason it has value is because everybody else decides oh it has value but there isn't like a physical thing on its own like even if everybody decided jack waltering incorporated is worthless you at least have a service that you've created that theoretically you could make valuable with better marketing or something. Whereas like crypto, it's just numbers that don't mean anything. So his his whole thing was like, it's only going up in value because more people are discovering it, but eventually it's going to hit a point 
where no new people are getting excited about it and then it's going to plummet. But on the other end, the U.S. dollar, which is referred to as like a fiat currency, my understanding is fiat currency is like currencies that can be manipulated by governments. It's also potentially able to lose all its value because the U.S. government can just print it over and over again. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I th I think you're I think everything you said is pretty on, and I th and I think I really do like feel the um, his perspective. What did you say his name was again? Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff, because I fuck with the precious metals like that. Yeah, and it makes sense, but it's like it is the inherent value of it, and mm -hmm. it's like that's where it's just crazy to think of like. But there's still uses for those metals too, is a thing. Much like more so silver than gold, I feel sure, like. And so yeah. other you know ones is like there's still actual like technology that needs silver and other shit yeah. that's like it it has its value. I mean, again, it's all relative, right? Like if we go back to our apocalypse scenario, well if you had a warehouse full of gold and then a warehouse full of medicine and a warehouse full of food and water, and I asked you to pick two out of the three, obviously you're gonna pick the not the gold. Because you live, you know, if, yeah. but, but if it was today, of course you'd pick the gold. Yeah. So it's all, you know. Well, and that's the thing with crypto, too, is like that. Um, I was getting deep with my boy on this. And he's like, sure. He's like, there's nothing really else that allows you to have an asymmetric bet. like it And does. that's and that's the thing. That's why people are into it. And it makes sense. I get it. That's why it's exciting. Yeah. I, so I probably spend about 50 to 100 bucks a month just nice. you know sometimes less depending on my paychecks and i'll just buy a little ethereum little crypto or a little bitcoin a little bit of light moon or litecoin just like random ones like 10 bucks here 20 bucks there and again to me it's like i'm not going to miss that 50 or 100 bucks you know it's because over the course of the year it's what 1200 dollars. it's not going to change my life that's a nice it's a, uh, but exactly yeah. in 10 years from now that ethereum might be worth a fuckload of money and then i like to me i'm only going to sell my crypto for a better investment like if like if i need to put a down payment on a house then i'll sell my crypto but i'm just going to sit on it until you know just let it stack up and that's, that's the plan and that's what i'm on the same page because that's what i've been thinking like when i'm like oh i want to order doordash i'm like ah I'll just go fucking figure something out and put 30 in. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like the little shit like that right. to start it, but I got to get better myself. This is literally last month I started fucking putting in. I have like 100 bucks in there. Yeah, dude, one of my buddies bought a house off his Bitcoin, but he got invested in like, I want to say it was like 2015 he started getting involved. Like it was pretty, it was a while ago. And he same thing though, he just started throwing a little money here and there, and then he had enough to throw it. Like he, ca I don't remember what his first investments were, but he not that much money it turned into a hundred thousand and he used it to buy a house like a down payment on a house and that's where that shit's crazy like yeah. oh yeah i put a thousand in and i just bought a house like what the fuck nfts are the ones i don't really get are you, are you familiar with nfts a little bit i don't know a whole lot but I, I they don't... seem a little crazy i i think they're cool but personally i don't Maybe I'll come around to the idea, but I don't see yeah. much value in holding the digital like asset on my hard drive or something too I, much. I don't either. And it's been explained to me over and over, and I still – it makes me feel like a dumb person because it's like I get it in theory, but like one of these posters on the wall, like an NFT would be like a digital – one of a kind version, but it's like, why would that be any more valuable than just a copy? Yeah, like, I just don't want to like sitting like, oh, it's cool. I, I have like so many dope NFTs right in here. Yeah, but I don't know. I but guess at the same time, I I do think it's cool the idea. I just think there needs to be a way to, uh, and that's probably what will happen. Maybe is like social media find a way to promote your NFTs to show just to, to flex your NFT. Like, yo, I just got this. Yeah. This is so 
on that note, do you know who Gary V is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Gary V's talked about that's what he thinks is coming in the future, where it's going to be a thing where like you're networking with someone or you're on a date or you're in a, like whenever you interact, your NFT wallet is going to be and and I know it sounds absurd to think of like how commonplace it is, but at the same time Think about when you go to someone's Facebook or Instagram, how much personal information they're just advertising to the world, to strangers. Tons, so right? Very true. You could Tw you could find out anything really. Right. Thirty years ago, you would have been like, "That's a, why would everybody share that stuff?" So it does make sense in in that sense of how we might hit a world where like, what's in your NFT wallet is is such a common thing that everybody's kind of sharing it. And but I don't know. I mean. At the same time, I think about like, I don't know, what are trends that didn't go anywhere? Clubhouse? I mean, that's um, newer. But... You know what popped in? The first thing that popped in my head was those fucking shoes with the skates in them. <laughs> so there you go. I, well, I think like kids still wear those. Those kind of, oh, do they still? I think so. What were those things called? Heelys? Yeah. No. Oh, yes. He yeah, yes, Heelys. Heelys had the grind plates, I think. I thought Heelys had the one sh wheel in the bottom, they, too. No, they did. Yeah. Soaps were the grind plate shoes. <laughs> Remember soap shoes? No, I don't know. They were called soaps. They sold them at PacSun. I had a pair. And right where, like, the middle of your foot was, there was a plastic curved grind plate. So you could, like, jump and, like, grind That's pretty or slide across, like, a bench or something. That's, yeah. That's pretty sick. And then Heelys had the wheels yeah. and the heel. Right. That makes sense. I Heelys. feel like they still probably banked out, though. Dude, it's God. like even like I saw something about the Sham Wow guy. Oh like, yeah, like, I don't. There was some crazy shit that happened with him. I don't even know, but like yeah. his idea, this fucking thing that just popped off, this fucking infomercial, and fucking banked out on like some. I wonder what age, like what's when? When are you too old? Like if, like I if I was wearing Heelys and actually use them, it would be absurd. I'm a 33 year old man. You know what I mean? Like I wonder what age, What's the oldest you could be? Where it's not like weird to use shoes. I don't, like I don't know if I feel like I was like walking like on the strand, like you know, just rolling on the beach, and I saw like you roll through on some heelys and like, <laughs> like just like stop off, like what up, dude? I'd be like, what the fuck? I'd be like, what's up, dude? But they, but they're. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but they're only in the heels, so you can't really go. You have to keep your toes up the whole time. I never time. had a pair, did you? I never had a pair. I had soaps. I didn't have heelys, but I remember seeing them, and it was like you have to either be on an in a decline, like going down a ramp. Yeah. Or you have to like run and then like kind of like run and jump and keep your toes up and slide in your heels. And it's like that. They should have like a... had another wheel. Like a little well, pivot. I, I think the issue is that It'd be dangerous. you couldn't walk normally. Yeah. Like you can walk normally when it's only in the heel because if your foot's flat. I mean, anyway, this is ridiculous. But... <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we're diving deep on the Heelys today. I know, yeah. No, but it's. Uh... Shout out to Healy, dude. If Healy's are if Healy's come back, if you want to sponsor my they, podcast, I, they, I think they might. Maybe. I feel like there's so much shit coming back. There's always that like window. Yeah, I mean that's pretty common. I mean, but I don't. Th I don't know. Healy's seem. Healy's I... are pretty, but like a doper version. Like I'm saying, like where. Fucking, pop, you have it on your app. Pop your fucking wheels out, and you're like rollerblading. Mm, I could see that. Like they retract into the shoe. Some just sh crazy shit. That could work. I don't know. I love when <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Healy, it comes out like next year. Healy's like, oh, the. Uh... Should have invested. Wait, I want to try some of this pure wine. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I feel rude. I poured one up. No, so. no, no, please. Um, so I don't know how much I told you about it. Uh, only a little bit. Here, let yeah, me, man. Look so, at this uh, paraphernalia here. So you work with these guys now? Yeah, man. Um, awesome. Thankful to, man. I'm just diving in deep, doing sales, focusing on everything, man. Just cool events i mean and it's really is one of a kind product so like yeah it's basically fresh frozen flour in a glass okay 
um, strain specific. So like, what do you? F this is like a ten milligram packet. Yeah. The red and the yellow is five milligrams. Let me do the yellow. It's because I'm cool. driving. Cool, I don't cool, get totally. two. I have a two point five two. That's a little less. If no, you want. five's good. But yeah, cool. thanks. But you know what? It's great. Is you know people like my parents. They would they would enjoy this. Like they don't smoke, but they would enjoy it like in a in a cocktail or like in a drink. That was last night. The ho the people that were hosting this place or who had the place. Like, oh, we really like this. Like, we don't even like to smoke, really. But, you yeah. know, put it in, and it's like kind of like and, having a drink. And that is the beauty of when you, you know, regulate and legalize an industry. I, personally, I'm not, I don't think all drugs should be used, but I think all drugs should be decriminalized. Because, it, like, to me, we've hit the point, if people want to do drugs, they're going to find them. Our drug problem is out of control in this country. Yeah, cheers, man. Thank you. Cheers, man. G give it a smell. Mm, I like it. Yeah, it smells like it smells like kind of like citrus with cannabis notes. Yeah, it, it, it smells like the blue dream fresh flower, man. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's clean, man. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, throw you this box here, man, so oh, you thanks, can experience dude. a little I love more, it. man. My wife's pregnant right now, and she cannot wait. Congrats, until... man! Yeah, thanks, brother. Yeah, fucking congrats. Yeah, about bro. a month left, and my son will be here, or maybe less. It depends. Wow, man! But... Cheers to that, yeah. dude! Shit. So she's been sober this whole time, even though our OB he told my wife he's like, "Listen, if you if you have a little bit of cannabis, your baby's gonna be fine. Don't you know if it helps you if you really are in pain or you're having anxiety. As your doctor, I would rather you because there's something called the blood." Um, brain barrier with the fetus and whatever, but she's just gone totally sober. Doesn't want to take any chances. Um, Respect. You know, she's a saint, man. Shout out to Rachel, my wife. But as soon as he's here, she's she's not going to do it right away because because of breastfeeding. But once we have a little bit of a system, we're like we'll have a little breastfeeding, a little bit of formula. You know, she's going to take a night or two. We'll you know have milk put away in formula so he can he'll be fed and she'll finally be able to enjoy herself. You know, this is the longest she's gone, and she's not a huge stoner, but just for normal relaxation and stuff. So I'm sure she'll enjoy having a little of these sitting around. Dude, that's yeah. Like I said, congrats, man. And, Thanks, dude. And for sure, man, that's that's awesome too. And it's like I love how you got got a game plan there. And I, actually, let's just throw you this one too, <laughs> yeah. for real. So this is a this is a 2.5. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I love and, it. And like the the beauty of this, and like when people get excited when I start talking, because a lot of people come in when I'm like, you know, just talking or just talking to people in general about weed, about edibles and shit. Yeah. I'm like, so do you? What's your favorite edible? And I'm like, do you know what's inside there? And a lot of them are like, oh well, yeah. It's like, uh, no, not really, actually. Yeah. Well, they don't. Uh, they also don't understand how much more psychoactive edibles are. Yeah. And and, the, and they don't understand a lot of times too that it's all the vast majority of ingestibles and edibles are made with distillate. Well, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so distillate um, is just, you know, it's just basically you take everything, you take the bottom of the barrel, burn yeah. it off, high temperature, 500 degrees, and you're left just with the THC. Okay, yeah. What other products do, and like this does, like live products, is on a day of harvest, it's frozen instantly. Mm, interesting. And then it's created to maintain the whole profile of the plant, so you still oh. maintain the terpenes, you still ma uh, maintain the cannabinoids. See, you're like a cannabis connoisseur. I need to, I want to learn more like that kind of stuff. I just uh, know that I like sativas more because it sends my brain into weird places. Um, and that's like, and you know, indica's great too, but it's just like, that's, that's like my knowledge. Like I'm trying to get better, well-versed on all this kind of stuff. Because now that with my show, people expect me, or they don't expect me, but they ask me questions like that. And I'm like, well, the show's really, I know about the topics of the show, the cannabis part, I just smoke some stuff. Well, <laughs> and I'm always trying to get deeper, man. And that's where it's like, 
it's just interesting to learn man because i didn't realize this. i was i've been doing this stuff for a long time diving deep in this space and i'm always learning every day and it's just crazy though and that's why this product is so cool and that's why it's interesting is because it, it does take that education yeah because people are like i just wanted to t i just want it to taste good and i want to get high and like this throw it in anything tastes good i like drinking in water tastes good but it's like sure. a lot of people don't understand that the whole principle of like the, the entourage effect right how, yeah how, how there's so much more to a plant than just the thc do you have did you hear about canna bumps are you familiar with this i went i actually one of the shops in studio city shout out stash that uh piruana's in told me about it i'm like what i think it got pulled off the shelves but because that, that shit was i saw the picture i'm like dude this shit's fucking funny did you try it or no no did you no i i, I wanted to try it but i got I excited talk. i was like yeah shit. but i guess because so if anybody listening doesn't know Canna bumps. I don't know who made. I don't know what company made it, but it was effectively like powdered cannabis that you could snort through your nose. Yeah. And it came in a little. It looked like cocaine. Yeah. That was the whole thing, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And I think uh, what I read is it got sh it pulled off all the shelves because a lot of the like companies, like you know this one for example, whoever, they're like stop. Don't don't make a product that makes people associate cannabis with cocaine. We don't want that. Which I I get. I totally get. So then it kind of like backfired. I would have tried it. I think it'd be fun to try snortable cannabis. I don't care. Hey, I, I'd fucking try it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll try it. I don't know if I'm gonna do it on the regular. Yeah. I just kind of feel weird. I've always had a weird thing about putting. I'm not a huge fan of you know putting stuff up the nose all you know, but like, yeah. It's also, it, it would just be so funny to me to th like people who, I'm sure they would know it was cannabis, but like in that cocaine mindset, and they're like. Because it would immediately have the opposite effect. Like blow, you do blow, and you're like, "Woo, yeah!" That's you know, you're all revved up, and you want to do more, more, more. You take a bump of cannabis powder, and you're just like, "Ooh, man, I feel chill as fuck right now." <laughs> Let's get Domino's, bro. Well, and that's like, and that's where this is also interesting too. Is that there are certain things like the sativas that you like, and yeah. that's why I think you're gonna love this. Is because you know, being strain specific, you do get that little like, like the sativas, like especially the Blue Dream, is really mm -hmm. like social. Yeah. Nice. Like it's like an energetic. Yeah, I like, love having like a light sativa buzz when I'm doing stuff. When I'm like out, like if I'm mingling, socializing, just a little bit. Too much that I start talking about weird stuff like how civilization is going to end in a thousand years through nuclear war <laughs> or something. Yeah, oh, sure. people are like, "Bro, I'm not, I'm not there yet." <laughs> Relax. <laughs> hey, man, we we've been having fun. That was, we've had some good conversations so far today, man. I love it. It's great, dude. For real. Well, that's like why I started my show highly unlikely because I get to talk about all this weird random shit that I study when I'm high and share it with the with another high person and they just you know. And there's yeah, I really like the idea, man. There because it's like there's that like what I saw from what you're doing is like it's just some of the shit's just crazy, man. Well, what I liked about it because it's not really a cannabis show. Like it's that's like the loose through line, but. Like a lot of the stuff in the cannabis space is a specifically about the industry or the plant and all that stuff, which is great, but it's a much more narrow audience. Like a lot of Absolutely. audience doesn't care as much. Whereas highly unlikely, it just happens to involve people being high, but the conversation around weed is like 10% of the show. 90% of it is the topic or whatever like weird conversations we like, you know, end up diving into. Like episode three or episode two, it's about like all the different ways ma animals mate in the animal kingdom. And my guest, Kate Quigley, super funny. She's like a regular on Joey Diaz's podcast. And she's got a bunch of like, she's in the like big in the comedy podcast space. And so we started going on tangents of like the different animals we talked about. We were like comparing them to like her ex-boyfriends. And like, it was just like funny random tangents about that and like what she looks for in a dude. And it was just, again, it's like, that's why it's like fun. Like you get somebody stoned, learn about random shit. 
and you know you go into all these like fun weird different conversations and that's the beauty that's the beauty right there man right who doesn't like to learn something new especially shit that kind of blows your mind that makes you stop that's my favorite part it's like it's like makes you just stop and think for a second like there's no wait what there's no way but then you're like if it's if it's on the show then it might like it's (laughs) you know it must be true you know what i mean it must be true like and it makes you think man and that's that's beautiful man yeah Thanks, I'm excited to dive in on the whole season. Like I said, sure, yeah, you yeah, yeah. really get in, man. And uh... yeah, so the if people want to check it out, there's an audio version and a video version. The audio is like the full like 45 minute conversation, um, and then the videos are like short episodes, like 12 to 15 minutes. So I just cut them down to like the funniest parts, and then add in like pop up graphics and all that stuff. Because to me, it's like audio you can put on the, like right now. You're if you're listening to this, you're probably doing something at the same time, driving or doing your dishes, it's like a fun background thing. But video, you kind of have to keep people's attention. So it took a, this was so much work. I'm glad I did it and, you know, it helped that I was getting paid to do this. But like when you watch the episodes, there's like not an ounce of fat on there. It's just like joke, fact, joke, fact, joke, fact. To keep it like really- And, and you cut all that up? I did it myself, yeah. No, no, that's what's up, man. I learned a lot about Adobe Premiere doing this project. Like, I'll, that's another piece of advice in reps. for anybody. Reps, yeah, it's just anything you want to learn on like how to edit or whatever just go on youtube and type in like how do i do blank and you straight just straight up yeah i didn't go to school or anything i just learned it from youtube tutorials straight up yeah yeah it's all you need pretty much and yeah. it's just like and and you just get so much quicker over time oh yeah just like bam, bam like by the pro- by what the eighth one you're like yep all right now like it's great you know and now i like have this whole new skill set from from doing my show but that's the thing i think a lot of people who put out stuff um you know, it's you got it, it's a ton of time and work to do the editing, but I think part of putting long form video online is people get bored, and so it's hard to keep their attention. So if you have the resources to cut it down to like quick, very fast moving stuff, you can hold their attention. But you know, I mean, every episode took me about a full week to edit. That's a lot of time. There, there is always the flip side of that too, though. Is like if it is long form, and the engagement is saying even if you are getting like in the less engagement say it's an hour yeah, long sure and you're let's just say you were getting 18 minute engagement right that would that could still analytically 18 minutes be more engagement than a what a 15 minute i get what you're saying yeah i, I think it just depends on the project no, and i agree with you like and and yep. i and i should do that more often i feel like i sleep i just do it just out of sheer like i'm just like it takes time like and well, props to that is like it takes time to go through cut yeah. it up it's like dude i just yeah i mean this became my full-time job for several months yeah you know I and that's what it is yeah i wouldn't have been able to do it if i wasn't getting paid yeah. that's, so i understand like i mean even this right now i know how long it takes to set all the shit up and schedule guests and do the you know people people who don't make content and also what's interesting too is um, I have a few people like I freelance help with different podcast stuff and a lot of them have already quit since we started because they see they see how much work That's it intense. is to make a thing and they they I think people misunderstand you can make a lot of money doing your podcast but it's going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of work, a lot of consistency it's be a passion. Yeah. First and foremost. Well, it's like being an actor, or comic or anything else, dude. It's like yeah, if you don't love it, if you don't love every second of it, do something. Stop wasting your time. For real, the space is very crowded. Yeah, nobody's nobody's begging for your project. <laughs> real talk. You know? real so if you don't love this with the passion, get out. Real talk. Yeah. Real. Talk. You know. Yeah. Real talk, and that's what like I did, and I, I fell in love with it, man. I love this medium. I love everything about it. Yeah. Like, the first one I did, I came home and talked to my girl. I'm like, that's like, 
It's great. I, I fucking love this shit. Yeah, you've been doing uh, True Buds for a couple of years now, right? Uh, coming on, um, yeah, it'll be two years here in like uh, November. Hell so yeah. yeah, man. So it's been fun. It's been weird too because this past two months I've just been so in, you know, focused on uh, Piruana sure. and uh, driving sales and all that that I've kind of taken a step back. But I have been doing some podcasts yeah. and I'm about to go all in on both right now. But like, I dig it, just, man. And, I, and I'm so hungry for it and I miss it. Like I'm like I'm like I, yeah. it's, it feels good having you right now in the place, man. Like Thanks, the, the, dude. thank you for coming through, man. For I really. love it. My next thing I want to do, just on you know that kind of note, is do my show live. So I want to do so. This is like what it would be basically, right? Find a cool venue, me and like three out of four comics. We all do like five minutes of stand up at the top. Then there's an inter so everybody can like the crowd gets to know the comics, right? There's an intermission. People go smoke, whatever, come back, and those three or four comics are on a panel. And then I'll do an episode like, you know, whatever the topic is, right? Like the CIA or something crazy. And then it's like a 30 to 45 minute live podcast with the four guests together with like responding as I'm like teaching them shit. And then, you know, I don't know. Well, make it part of an event or something. Well, and that's what I like. I'm. Uh, that's what I was scheming the whole time. I'm smiling over here, listening to what you're saying. I'm like, maybe somehow we can incorporate. And that's the beauty dude, of this, dude. And I, I, I broke it open. I broke that. it open in third wheel, and uh, you know, I love third wheel. It's like, yeah. But it's like it's the beauty. This is the beauty of like some of this shit. And I was some dudes the, uh, last night at the event were like, dude, I couldn't imagine having this in high school. I know, like right? People sneaking out like you could just drink. And I, I'm not like promoting this. This is not like part of the brand yeah, please image. Please be so, 21. Yeah, yeah please. Or 18 please, with please medical. Please be good. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it was just funny that they said yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's just. It's Dude, I, let's so, talk off air. I would love to figure out some. Yeah, we got, I got some yeah, ideas yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll be scheming, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. We'll be yeah. scheming. So, yeah, man. What, what else is. Uh, Dude, that's big. I think the. I was about to say, what else is new? But you got a little yeah. boy on the way, man. Got, and, got you, a... and, you, and you got all this other, I, yeah. all the business, everything else you're crushing aside. That's crazy, man. Thanks, dude. I got a few uh, other projects that are in the works. Uh, if anybody wants to just follow me, Alex, G-E-T-T-L-I-N on all social. Um, yeah, there's some other cannabis media projects. And my kids come in and, you know, stand up here and there is now that it's like finally returning. There's like finally shows again. So that's cool. Yeah. How, how does that feel? Does it feel, it feels good. It feels right? great. Yeah. Um, it's funny cause it was like a full year between when I, I did a couple like zoom shows, but that's not like my thing really. So I, for the most part, didn't do any stand up for a full year. And the first show I did back, I mean, it had literally been 13 months between sets. It felt like no time had passed. I mean, a few things I said out of order or whatever, but it was, you know, like the classic saying like riding a bike, I just got back up there and I'm like, Oh yeah, it's fine. Let's go. So, you know, I'm stoked. And now it's, I think, like, this summer, I mean, we're already kind of coming into it, like, shit's back in a big way, you know? Yeah, it's about to get... Crazy. Yeah, that's how it's I awesome. feel. It's awesome. That's how I feel. I'm like, shit's about to really let loose. In the like, U.S., other countries, they're still super locked down. Like, Singapore, for example, like, they're still pretty, they're still pretty locked <laughs> down. I love it. But Singapore's crazy straight. My cousin lives there. She works for Citibank. Just an example, like, like you can get life in prison for weed in Singapore. It's like hyper strict. Now the country is like there's no trash anywhere. There's no homeless people. Everything is like super efficient. But it's like a tiny city state country with like six million people. So just like with the COVID stuff, I think now, I think now you're allowed to interact with like one person outside of your household at a time or something. But I think it's because they're super close to India, and India's had a lot of like issues with like flare-ups. But in the U.S., at least, it seems like everything's back to normal. I wonder how long workers are going to have to wear a mask. Dude, I don't know, man. I feel bad for people. If you want to wear it, that's cool. Like, do your thing. But I feel bad for people who have to wear a mask. Like, if you're, like, a server 
or you're the checkout person at Trader Joe's. Like, if you've been vaxxed and you don't want to wear it anymore, I think you should be allowed to do that. I know everybody's got all these emotions and feelings about COVID. Well, and just, I agree with you. It's like, dude, their job, you're, like, you've got a tough job. Let people make their own choices, you know? <laughs> Real talk. And it's like, at this point, if you aren't vaxxed, it's because you didn't want to. And that's, and I'm fine with that. I think you should be allowed to do what you want. But my issue is people who think that everyone should have to wear the mask now. And it's like, I don't know, man. I just, I'm, I'm skeptical of how much the masks even really helped. Like, yeah, when you I'm think about it, like, how much do they really make a difference? My, I, with that, too, I've always kind of thought, like, maybe it's just me personally. Like, I know I have my, I have my disposable ones, but even yeah. those blue ones, I'll wear, like, a bunch of times. Sure. And yeah. other ones, and I just put them, like, maybe in my glove box or somewhere. I'm like... There's a good chance I'm fucking putting more germs on this shit. It yeah. could be doing more harm for that is what I was thinking from the jump. Totally, so I was like, dude. I was just like, there, there's so many little variables that are like. Look, man, the issue as I see it is someone who is not an expert on any of this stuff. If you have a, something that puts you at high risk, like diabetes or whatever, or you're elderly, or effectively if you have something where your immune system is compromised, that's the issue. And what we should have been doing, and what we still should do, is encourage people to make healthier diet choices, make healthier lifestyle lifestyle choices, like getting more sun, exercising, just all those things that improve your immune system's chances at fighting this. But I think for whatever reason, people don't like that because then they feel like, oh, you're shaming someone who may be is unhealthy by chance or it's it's out of their control and it's like we got we we get so caught up in worrying about like whose feelings were hurting or who were offending which that has value but not at the expense of giving people honest and accurate information like if if we really were taking this seriously we would be hounding people every day about taking vitamins and making healthier lifestyle choices way more than like wear this piece of fabric on your face and it goes full circle back to, you know, the pharmaceutical stuff we we're talking earlier. Yeah. Is like bottom end of the day, everything really does come down to just money. Hundred percent. Because there's paper in it or else Sure. Imagine a perfectly healthy planet. Like people like if every and I know I'm surely not I know I I love to eat out. I love sure. a good beer. Yeah. I, and so I I'm no yeah, like I mean it's it's you know, but you're you're clearly not you obviously love a good smoke that's a yeah given. <laughs> but but you do it clearly in like moderation like you're yeah. not i'm not shaming anyone if you want to be obese that's your choice but you're putting yourself at risk like you can't live in a world where oh i just want to do whatever i want with my body and not have any consequences from that like that's not how things that's not how things work yeah anyway. that's how i well no i i when you said that i thought of myself as like like even like when I was like a teenager, that's kind of how I felt. I'm like, sure. nothing really matters. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Like, and then it hits you like, oh, actually, that's just stupid. Yeah. Because well. I mean, yeah, you know, what I mean, like, just like, of course, it's just, it's just it's just funny to think like having that mindset at one time in my life is hilarious. But that's what the nature of being a young person, I think. Yeah. And that's how you learn. It's like, oh well. Or some people don't, and then, <laughs> you know, they have a hard <laughs> they have a hard time in adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. But it can sure. be. I mean, that's what I think, too, is, like, you can make your shit as easy or as hard as you want. Even if you're grinding hard, it's, I don't know, just finding the little shit sometimes. We've also made a society where we don't, like, we don't teach people the value of processing pain and sadness in a healthy way. We immediately want to numb it. I was about to say, like, get, push it. Right. 
whether it's through booze or pills or 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 a non-substance but some sort of distraction it's like that's that's not i mean th there's a reason that like there, there's benefits to like learning how to like sit with and understand you know hurtful feelings physically and emotionally but we don't like we don't teach people that and then we immediately wire our brains like if i'm sad or if i'm in pain i immediately have to find something to cure it and rather than like do the hard thing and push through it and understand what this is. And so that's why so many people have substance abuse problems or toxic relationships because we don't train people how to deal with these, you know, negative emotions in a proper way. And we just train our brain to be like, oh, I have to get rid of this immediately. I don't know how you fix that, but I think, you know, a society where people if you feel pain or sadness and your first instinct is to just find something to get to distract you from it as fast as possible uh, before you understand why you're in pain or why you feel sad or anger or whatever, I think that's going to cause a lot of problems. We see it now. We see why, like, I mean, think about how depressed people become from social media. And we don't stop and think about, like, well, why is it doing that? Well, because you're creating a false reality that's impossible to live up to. That's this is the shit in my brain now with a kid coming. I've got about like you know maybe eight years till he's on the internet, I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel think... like I feel like if you're lucky, like I know, no, dude. it's like it's like uh, well, and that's what comes out to the whole comparison nature too. Yeah, and you see that so much more too, and you know, like you're saying with upcoming, like oh, I, I, I you know that there's just so many more comparisons and everything and everybody does it i always did it growing up you always compare yourself but like i, I as i grew older i was like that's not important you just gotta sure. look at them look at whoever but you just can only compare yourself to you and yeah try to one-up yourself really that's I mean, kind of how i look at it yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you can you know just right. like just trying to like stay positive on it because yeah that's i mean i don't know but it's but it's also like teaching young people especially how to do that yeah, and you're right. And there's been there's a huge and that I, once again I think also comes down to money because there's I feel like way more money. This is so fucked up, but there's way more money in pain than happiness. Yeah, dude. Of course, of course. So like, why, why, why go out of the way right. to do it when you could just greed? Greed is a fucking powerful fucking. You're totally right. Thing. It's also so much easier to numb pain than to find true fulfillment and happiness absolutely think about how easy it is to numb pain mm -hmm. it's, it's you know finding true happiness i'm in a marriage right now and it's wonderful but it's a lot of fucking work you know my wife's my favorite person on earth but it is not just like yeah hey, kicked up the feet it's a piece of cake it's like no dude <laughs> yeah. it's 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 working at something every day Real talk. And I'm sure fatherhood will be the same thing. It'll be awesome and like, God damn it, this is so exhausting. But everything cool is. Yeah. Nothing awesome is just like, yeah, it was super chill, didn't have to really work that hard. And <laughs> just just came on in, just just, you know, came into the I mean, mix. you know, the proof of that is like the children of billionaires who end up with like substance abuse problems and they have every they, you know, theoretically they have everything they could ever want. Yeah. And they're because it's not about money. You have to find fulfillment. Yeah. yeah. And, and you hear that too with, you know, <clears throat> Even people that were like self-made who've gone in these mansions and made all this money, they go in and they're like, oh, well, I don't feel much different. Of course. You know? And, that, and But like even still, like even knowing that and feeling that and like I feel like it wouldn't make me, like, I feel like I would feel different. Like even just not, like if I walked into like today, if I walked into like a fucking $3 million mansion, I feel like mm -hmm. if I, for the first time, I'd feel different. I'd be like, this is kind of crazy. Yeah, but you didn't grow up in that. Three, yeah, and, yeah. And $3 million is still low in the spectrum yeah. of like, dude, yeah. $3 million for a house in LA is like a normal house. Which is absurd to say, but like, 
I live in Van Nuys and like right near me in Sherman Oaks. There's houses that are just standard, like four bedroom, three bathroom, three million dollar houses, which is just you can still find some cool like little beach shit though for that much too. I mean, that would be great. I would love to. I don't know. That's my vibe. That's what I fuck with. <laughs> to move out to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. I love the beach. I'm like, you seem like a beach guy. Yeah, I do. I, I love it. I miss it. There's something about sunshine. I was soaking up the sun before you got here. Just sitting yeah. there. I was like, it I could good. see you open up like if there was like. A, what how you say Piruana? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Piruana, yeah. Yeah, Piruana, like, drink cafe, you know? Like Jack's Piruana. And then you just go in there, order it, like, the same way you go to, like, a coffee shop. <laughs> but it's all, like, cannabis drinks, and it's, like, right on the boardwalk down on, like, Redondo Beach or something. That's a dope idea. I like that. There That's go, a dude. good idea, man. <laughs> yeah, and we're doing stuff like that, trying to do, like, pop-up bars and stuff and just, you know. Yeah, well, I got some ideas. We'll talk off air. Yeah, man. It's a... Uh, it's options are limitless yeah. the, you can get really creative with it you know which, with the creativity in the space and what, whatever like any space any creative field is yeah. just where it's at that's what i love about the cannabis space now at least from the people i've met in la there's so many like cool hustlers in it like hustler in a good way like people who are like really into like you know coming up with products like this and marketing it to people and showing like hey man it's not like you know just cheech and chong and snoop dogg like this is like cool like enjoyable products for everybody like this is just like a this like this reminds me of like um emergency powder remember like the vitamin c yeah, powder yeah. it's like yeah but this is vitamin thc you know you just <laughs> drop it in your drink and you've two and a half is perfect because someone like my mom who doesn't consume any cannabis but i'd be like mom it's like nothing and she would have it and she'd be like this feels great it's like right because it's a very small amount and if you're not smoking it it's just a little powder in your drink that's a, that's a big part of it once the um Edible, I guess this is considered an edible, right? You know, uh, ingestible, but essentially, yeah. yeah. Once the ingestibles became what they are now, I think it, that's what really kicked the door open. Because the vapes and the smoking, yeah, you're right. A lot of people are like, oh. but when you have it in this kind of, when it's in the same delivery method as things that you already enjoy, it's way more palatable to, to like the boomers and or people who just don't normally associate themselves with cannabis stuff. And that's very well said. And that's a huge thing we're focusing on too is lounges. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that'd be great. Just getting it like, and people will love love to have it, man. And I've even told yeah. people that like, like, oh, I love this is cool because my I don't like to drink, but I go out with my friends and are always drinking. Dude, I'm like, order a virgin mojito and throw it in. Exact, perfect, right? Yeah, you know? just like you hear that, spike your own drink. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, dude. I I mean, you know, I had a little beer when we came in here, but I'm not really a big drinker. I prefer cannabis. The I will only drink now if it's like. A celebratory thing or i'm like hanging out with a friend but like just on my own no i always prefer cannabis and like dude zero hangover dude i mean it's it's so much better no calories booze is so much worse for you and and, and that's why this is like a, a great a replacement too and it's mind-blowing because it is supposed to be sessionable like that too yeah. so i'll like have 10 and I'll chill. I feel it ten, and it's like it does kind of build on it. Totally, just like having cocktails, and it is kind of crazy the experience you can have with for it. For sure, <laughs> the only thing I think people don't realize is it takes a minute to kick in, and that's what I think for some folks to get in trouble because they underestimate how long, and then they'll do like way too much, and that's always well. That's where this is rapid onset though, too. Dude, but still, yeah. it takes a minute though. Yeah, it could take five minutes. You can start feeling a little buzz. Fifteen, twenty. 15 you should be feeling pretty good dude we should use this on season two of highly unlikely that, well that's what i'm saying man that, that's why i'm like <laughs> we'll I wanna, talk. because because yeah. like, it's so like studio friendly it's totally. just anywhere friendly really i love that, it it's like trust me i love a good fucking smoke never get me like i wish I, I was just smoking on this j you gave me yeah. thanks again i got a couple left over too yeah it's pretty good yeah, yeah it's nice man i was enjoying it over here i'm 
Got me feeling good. I have I have so many of those. So every time I do a show like yours, I bring in as a gift to him, nice, whoever man. I'm hanging with. Yeah, it's great. That's, I love that. Yeah. Give him a little something, man. Got you on the Pirwana here today. Dude. Yeah, I love it. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I'll have you at the next event, man. It was fun doing this last one. So, But I like the idea of the comedy show because I feel like... I know we're kind of brainstorming live oh, here, sure, but it's like... Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be cool to incorporate, you know, having drinks within that with this. It'd be so like, like a, like a, because it's like I'm saying, it's cool. You don't have to have smoke all in the air, and I still love that. But it's you can get, you can do gives more. You way more options. Yeah, it gives you way more yeah. options. What? Yeah, I've got a lot of things I'm gonna uh, talk to you about when we're off air, just because you know some yeah. some of you gotta get a hold of yeah, that. Yeah. But follow me and Jack because there's gonna be cool stuff coming. Uh, do, other than these um, powders for the drinks, do you guys make anything else, or is that pretty much no, it? This is uh, okay. this is what it is. Yeah, just the world's first live strain specific cannabis spirit. Yeah, um, oh, but yeah. it is strain specific though, so we do come out with new strains all the time. Like we have several coming down the pipeline. Like this is XCH13 Super Lemon Haze. We got Venom OG Purple Punch. I love it, dude. Fucking try the strawberry cheesecake that's coming last Hell night, yeah. dude. Okay. Money. Let me ask you this. Okay, so I, the strain, I'm learning a lot more about the strains now. I have had a hard time trying strain to strain and being able to pinpoint how different, like I can feel different from like Indica to Sativa, but from strain to strain, it's hard for me to be able to pinpoint like the different feelings I'm getting. Do you, do you find that like you can actually identify like, oh, this high really does feel like a strawberry shortcake high or, or I don't know, like do you... Yeah. Um, to be a hundred percent honest with you, and obviously I do sales for them, and it sounds like sales reppy as fuck, but it's sure. like not typically as much. But like my first time really through this pure one experience of actually having it through this ingestible experience, yeah, I do notice like okay. even through the sativa hybrid, like the blue dreams is like a little more uppity. Sure, I feel like a little more like that. Super lemon haze still is, but it still feels a little more subtle. Yep, like. That's when I feel like I've been able to craft my experience okay. the best. But like when I smoke it, yeah, if it's a, if it's like a really sativa leaning or really indica leaning, I feel like I can feel it. But if there's like any middle ground, it's hard. Yeah. But still, some of that could definitely be chalked up to placebo effect. Sure, I guess. But I feel like I can tell from if it's like, but there's some mid ground stuff, and it's yeah. hard to, you know, the, the whole strain topic is really convoluted, and there's a lot mm. to that, and there's a lot of talk around it and i like it's just really interesting i love talking about it because yeah you know there's a lot that people you know it just gets chalked up as that and it might even not be it's, right. ju it's just a good defining factor sure but it's definitely there if, if it's a if it's a legit strain and that's and that's where it's dope too is like you know where these are made like we actually go to the farm like frogville that's farms cool. where it's made like we see the fresh buds like there's pictures of our buds like on, yeah. if you go follow frogville farms you can see the buds nice that are going to be frozen on harvest and put into this yeah and it's like that that to me is and dope. the freezing is what separates you guys it's a it's a more unique process yeah because you maintain the whole right. the whole profile of the plant whereas it's I'm a cold it. it's a cold method just like if you're smoking like a live resin vape it's a similar process yeah. so it's like sure. you maintain the whole plant whereas distill you're just getting a thc everything's burnt off and distilled like in liquor right 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 interesting cool man yeah, yeah there's so much there, to there, it there, there's a crazy we i could obviously i'd love the shit i could go on forever but yeah i mean I mean, we've been going for a minute hour we're hour 24 in man wow. so i think yeah. uh appreciate you coming in man dude it's great I everybody's love everybody's everybody stay tuned because we're gonna get some good shit going man yeah i'm excited for the next season i'm excited for everything you got going oh yeah congrats dude, pleasure, on everything bro. man yeah. it, for real man it's good having you here man thank you i know it's a little a little humble setup man but it, it's I love nice it, though bro. thank you man thank yeah. you thank you bro all right good shit hey good shit man
We're true buds now. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> we've been we've been since uh, yeah. since our well, last one. You, yeah, I think you. Uh, no, you were doing my one of my sessions, right? Is how we first. Mm -hmm. This is true buzz that Mary Jane. Now we ain't new to this. From my stones and from my cannabis enthusiasts. Never heard a show as good as this. Uh, number one, it's the best. Bringing in many special guests in the industry of cannabis. Business owners to growers, even artists you know of. So sit back and just roll up. Perfect show for my smokers. True buzz. Hey.